You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo. This is the Medicinal Minute with Megan Mazingo. I am super honored to have my friend Chelsea Barlow with me today. Chelsea is a naturopathic doctor who specializes in bioenergetic medicine. She is the founder of Mudwise. She is also a trained and selected prayer coach with Bride Ministries International. And actually, Bride Ministries International is a good friend of Dalit Holistic Health Group. In fact, this entire podcast with the Medicinal Minutes, a proceed goes to their extended list of people who need DID coaching people who need inner healing and deliverance ministry. But this coaching is so specialized. It's for specific people who have mind control parts. It's for people who have deep, deep trauma resulting in dissociative identity disorder, as well as satanic ritual abuse. So um, Chelsea, it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, I am equally honored to be part of your show. Awesome. Um, So today we're going to be discussing freedom on earth as it is in heaven. And just so you guys know, Chelsea also has a background in executive leadership from Texans for Vaccine Choice. And so I can guarantee you, if you have been interceding for your children regarding medical freedom, this woman has been on the front lines, legally speaking, fighting for our family. So what better, what better advocate? Um, to pick her brain on freedom and just have her spirit here to talk to us about freedom in a spirit forward life. So Chelsea, what, what do you define as freedom based on the paradigm of on earth as it is in heaven, as we have been kind of going through lately? Well, I don't believe we can have freedom on earth unless it comes from heaven. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and not just that it comes from heaven, but that we own our citizenship in heaven, um, that we understand our identity in Christ. <clears throat> and I don't mean that as a cliche. And so our freedom comes from knowing who Christ is so we can know who we are. And that freedom is born out of literally standing as sons and daughters of God, joint heirs in the throne of Jesus Christ. And we don't have freedom here until we are fully established in that belief that our spirit remembers who we are and why we're here. Then we can walk out freedom on earth. Wow. That is absolutely awesome. Um, for someone who maybe not, maybe they're not familiar with a spirit forward life or like even spirit ministry or, what that looks like and how it looks different than like new age principles. Cause this is absolutely not new age no. and the, the occult brings a lot more um, bondage, like so much bondage and you uh, come in the opposite spirit of that massively. I, uh, I also agree with that. We don't engage the spirit realm through a wrong door <laughs> through um, anything mm. that is not of Jesus, of King Jesus, of Yeshua. And so um how would you tell someone who maybe not even have access to their spirit? Maybe they're like, I didn't even know that existed. I mean, you kind of have head knowledge sometimes, but what would you say to them to step through that door and start to engage their spirit, their human spirit? 
Um, working with the human spirit is my absolute favorite part of all of the prayer coaching that I do um, because so many of us don't even know there's a distinction between our spirit and soul. Churches, churches have lied to us to say that there's not a distinction between the two. And I'm going, we need the distinction between our spirit and our soul. We need it to be successful in our mandates. Um, so I, I actually truly love working with the human spirit, even with people that aren't highly traumatized, have DID, satanic ritual abuse, or mind control. We all, the body of Christ needs to know how to move forward with our spirit and why we are here. I mean, it's the, this army, this end time army that the Lord is building or the Lord has already built and it's manifesting. Let me redirect yeah. that thought. Um, this army needs to be aware of why we were here, why we came, what our jobs are. And so living with our spirit forward is essential. And my response to your question now is, well, we've got a prayer for that. Love <laughs> there's, it. There's a prayer for that. It's kind of like there's an app for that. Well, there's a prayer for that. Our spirits need to be engaged fully. Our soul responds to our spirit and partners with our spirit. If our soul is in rebellion, if our soul has just literally shoved our spirit aside, which happens a lot. I do a lot of um, reconciliation between a person's soul and spirit, their personal spirit, no, um, no woo-woo stuff. Like it's, it's not allowed. This is all under the authority of Jesus Christ and the spirit that God sowed into us in our mother's womb. That's the spirit we're working with. The one that the Lord assigned to us. Um, the, the work, the spirit forward work is essential, but when someone cannot connect with their human spirit, I have found that either their spirit has run away <laughs> or um, because, and I giggle because um, when they reconcile, it's really precious. That's what I'm, that's why I giggle because sometimes that, that brings a tear to my eye whenever someone reconnects with their spirit or their spirit is in captivity. And so um, we may have to go bust up some evil realms and then judge other realms that have done dirty business with that realm, but we get that spirit back and the spirit is being healed, ministered to, seated back on the throne. Jesus established for that person's spirit to be on um, so that she or he can walk out their mandates on earth, that authority that he's given us. Absolutely. And so for somebody who has many, many layers. I mean, like this level of freedom is a completely, like it's a huge paradigm shift for just the normal person who maybe not even be engaging with their spirit, who maybe they don't even, I mean, they might even have been in church their entire life and they've never heard, by the way, your spirit first, then soul and body, your spirit was with Jesus and with creator, heavenly father prior to conception. And then that spirit goes into the physical world. So there's, there's absolute biblical backing for having a spirit forward life. But a lot of this is funneled through generational junk <laughs> covenants and oaths that ancestors have made. And no one's talking about this, or there are some that are talking about it, but it needs to be magnified. And it also needs to be brought into like really practical, practical terms so as your experience um, with doing this type of ministry work and this healing work, because you do it on both sides, you do physical and spiritual, 
how do you see this happening in layers for both the spirit healing, the soul healing and the body healing? Oh, that's a really big question. <laughs> so let me try to unpack that answer strategically in the spirit. I believe that, um, Lucifer was heavily trading, um, uh, before we were, or we were born before mm -hmm. pre-edemic timeline. Okay. Pre-edemic he's trading. So that means that means before Adam pre-edemic oh, means pre -Adam. before Adam. Yeah. Okay. okay. So before man was created on earth, Lucifer was in heaven trading and the trading floor is, is something that was occurring. And literally our essence has been thrown throughout the cosmos and timelines, realms, dimensions. It's that, that concept is very deep, very deep and very broad for a lot of people. So if you don't quite understand that it's okay, but if you can, if you can understand the concept that there were plans against you before even Adam was created and they were being done to you before Adam was created. Okay. So, um, understanding how our bondage happened, then will give us a perspective of how freedom happens. Okay. So we've got spiritual implications, even before we had a chance on, on, on our, on our human existence timeline. Okay. And then we have men and women that were godly. The Lord was flowing through them, doing his redemptive work through them. And then Satan comes in and likes to tap into that bloodline and literally put a faucet called an Illuminati bloodline or some other entity involved in the bloodline and literally corrupts the bloodline from there out, draining our inheritance and our resources. Okay. So the freedom comes from not only closing that tap through prayer, but removing it and actually establishing prayer pre-edemically to where that tap doesn't even, I mean, the event happened. However, godly events literally were can be created um, before and after through prayer. It's, it's a really neat prayer resource technology is what I call that. But um, we can lot untap, we can take the tap out where it's no longer draining our inheritance, our resources, um, our anointings even. So through prayer, we, we, we remove, we, we remediate the bloodline. Okay. Um, then we work on the soul. So um, let's see if I go into, so there's also repentance, reconciliation of things. Okay. Um, then we work on the soul, which is literally surrendering, uh, surrendering headship from our soul and our soul becoming highly qualified to partner with our spirit. And that is the most amazing. I never realized how empowering that was to partner with my spirit as my soul, where my soul is a highly qualified and skilled, um, worker along with my spirit, instead of trying to take the lead of my spirit. And so that's been a fun revelation and an experience for me. Um, and then it, when things are broken in the spirit, 
that actually does manifest in the physical and people have physical healing because of what's bondage has been done in the spirit. And so, and then because we do live in a broken wonky world here, we can have other things affect our body that might be somebody else's spiritual issue, but it is manifesting toward us at that point. So we can do things in the spirit and we can minister in the physical as well. So we can minister from both ends at once because we have a soul and a spirit. We can work both ways into the healing process. That is absolutely just phenomenal. And just how no one does this. No one is taking the spirit realm, the soul piece that is absolutely human as well and bringing it to the physical realm. And I just, I love how you unpack that for us. Um, So a question I do have, what's our biggest misconception about knowing our rights, both spiritually and physically? Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) our biggest misconception about knowing our rights who do they come from? You're asking me? No. (laughs) Okay. Is it rhetorical? (laughs) (laughs) Pregnant pause for effect. No. Who do they come from? Who do our rights come from? Okay. So the constitution of the United States, we're kind of an experiment in Liberty, aren't we? You know, however, um, our rights are, are, um, the bill of rights, is taken from the 10 commandments (laughs) just it's shown in our rights that we have based on the 10 commandments it's a really neat i think david barton does a great job explaining that but the but the thing is is that's that's come that comes from god it didn't come from man so even if our constitution gets rips to ripped to shreds it's still ours it's still ours even if we live in a country that's not an experiment in liberty, a dictatorship, a monarchy, um, communism, you know, all, all the different, all the different types of government, truly, who is the author of our rights? Father. And so if we walk in line with what he says we are, who he says we are, that is how um, we, we should move and, and, and have our being here on earth. Um, I, th- I think that a lot of Christians are um, misinterpreting Romans 13 and um, understanding not only our rights, but, and, and I don't mean this for our rights as far as I deserve something. I mean this of I have right. I mean this. I mean this in a way where I have rights, so I can walk out my mandates, so I can serve the kingdom of God. And if Christians all over the world grasp that concept, instead of saying, "Oh, I need to sit down in this chair and not do the things of God because my government told me I can't," oh my goodness, we're we're failing in our mission and walking in fear instead of freedom of knowing who we serve. That makes a whole lot of sense. So with that, how does the religious spirit and just religion play into the lie that, well, we're Christians, we have no rights, or we have to be loving all the time, which is true. 
but how is it inverted in how it actually is manifesting where it's a false love because it's rooted out of, out of an untruth. What are your thoughts on, on the inversion of lies about identity? I believe it is absolutely loving to turn the tables and whip the money changers. And I mean it. It, it is loving. It is serving father. It is serving all the people that have been deceived or tricked into money changing. It, it is one of those things where sometimes God calls us to battle and I'm not provoking a riot here, you know what I mean? But at the same time, if you're not willing, if you're not willing to flip the table, I want to challenge you to look at what kind of Jesus you're worshiping because he was willing to flip the tables. That's going to bring it to a different topic, which is so (laughs) cool. Uh, Let's talk about false Jesuses. Mm. That sounds cool. How can, how can a false Jesus interpret our identity incorrectly? And how can readjusting our vision as to who King Jesus is and really truly engaging with him behind the veil, behind the veil that he tore. Cause that's the whole point of this, of having access to father God, to these massive different realms, um, and having a spirit forward life. <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're in covenant with a false Jesus based out of Luciferian religion, yep. we are not going anywhere. No, you'll thoughts? be in bondage. You'll be in bondage. That is, in my opinion, the highest form of jail, a person, a Christian can be in. I have worked with so many survivors that have false Jesus programming or beliefs, and they are so stuck until they can finally meet the line of the tribe of Judah, who comes and literally, (laughs) um, well, he, I I experience him of having, as having um, quite a sense of humor sometimes, and those false Jesuses get shown up as clowns, as demons. weaklings when the true king jesus shows up um and sometimes i have to use the line of the tribe of judah and in place of a physical like a man form because people are often confused so the father of confusion is literally trying to confuse people on who jesus is we need to know who jesus is so we can know who we are and if we're living with a false jesus in our mind, in our heart, our soul, spirit, and we're in bondage to that false Jesus, we're stuck. We're not going anywhere. And we are, we are doing more damage than good. I love that you brought the light of the tribe of Judah up because, um, my son, we went to, we went on a, a trip out of state and we were in the mountains and the land dynamic was heavily, heavily defiled. And, um, we were tent camping. I was camping. He was staying inside with, um, with little cousins and he, he had this big reaction to the dynamic of the space he was in. And he woke up in the middle of the night screaming and a cousin, one of my cousins brought him out to the tent and he's, he was just four, just four little, little guy. And he's crying. He has fear. He's gripped by this fear. And you can feel fear. Fear is a quantum entanglement. Fear is a, is a, a being. And, um, so what we did was we asked King Jesus to come 
but we invited the lion of the tribe of Judah to start roaring at the things that were scaring my oldest son. And Duke was able to see and engage with the lion of the tribe of Judah to, to release a frequency that literally think of sound, like the speed of sound, sound can make people's ears bleed. Um, Frequency can be released to bring about the peace of God. And that sound emitted from the lion of the tribe of Judah. And that's something that my, my son connected with at a very young age. And so that's that story that I'm saying regarding engaging the lion of the tribe of Judah and having your spirit forward and allowing your children to have your spirit forward. It's vital, especially for where we're at in this specific time, this space um, in our history. Um, So I really like how you unpacked that with the lion of the tribe of Judah. A lot of times with, with the survivors, um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah to come in and be with them. And they will feel very different than with the, the Jesus that raped them, that put them, you know, there's, there's a lot of that type of programming. The Freemasons use that type of manipulation as well. Um, a lot of the satanic ritual abuse will even put in false Jesus raping into their, their, their rituals with people. So the line of the tribe of Judah is safe because that's not a man who could violate them until there's ministry and healing where they can see Jesus for who he truly is. Um, but oftentimes what they will do is run up to him and hug him and they will sit literally experiencing him breathing through these massive lion lungs and the frequency of the breath of God comforts them just breathing in and out and then climbing on his back so he can show them what he wants to see they have comfort with his breath the very thing that gave them life they remember I think that's also referred to as the neshima of of God the breath of God um, let's talk about the four living creatures, because you mentioned the lion of the tribe of Judah. Um, in revelation, it talks about the living creatures and several different ways that I've engaged in the spirit is by engaging some of these creatures, the living creatures. And one has the face of a man, Jesus. Yes. But if you have false Jesus programming, to where you cannot connect with Jesus because Jesus has been shown to you that he is unsafe. Mm-hmm. You can engage with a different, a different spirit. And y'all, this is extremely biblical because the word is a being. The word was God. The word is with God. It is Yeshua. It is Jesus. And so there are other ways that the Lord will engage with us if we allow it. And so um, the eagle the eagle has an, a capacity to be fighting. It's a bird of prey. It's also able to bring you up higher to a, come to a different perspective on something. And so if there is a block in the spirit engaging the eagle to bring your spirit to a different level, to bring your spirit up higher so that your vantage point is a different place, but also having the safety of being 
on the wings of eagles and soaring. And that can be interpreted many different ways. Um, but talking about engaging the spirit of God and having a new perspective, um, that's a way that it can also be done to get past some of those blocks. I hadn't considered that. Thank you. There you go. There you go. I love it. This is so cool too, because here's the thing about how the spirit flows with really cool conversations and friendships is your spirit's seated in your heavenly place, seated on your throne. I'm seated. We're, we have Jesus in our midst because we've engaged with truth. Let's talk about mountains and how mountains we're going rogue here. <laughs> Going like really rogue. Um, let's talk about mountains and how we can engage uh, from our mountain in the spirit. Okay. <clears throat> um, our mountains, we each have them. We each have them. Um, the way I had, I had been taught about our mountains, um, I actually have some different mountains, not just one, um, but some people can have one. Um, but um, like my mountain for ministry, um, is there's that the, um, we can describe them as, um, similar to the seven mountains of society. Okay. We've got business, religion, entertainment, media, education, um, I forget them all, but one of them is family. When I realized that um, I was operating on so many different mountains all the time, and I was having trouble finding the one that really was where my home base was. Um, I realized that what I was doing was I was building trade routes, and I, some of them I've got highways on, highways, trade routes to um, government so I have worked, I have put boots on the ground, blood, sweat, tears, literally <laughs> on the ground with my children in tow to protect our medical freedom in Texas. I have put my children with me in tow to do, to protect with um, uh, the, the unborn pro-life legislation um, where we have worked with legislators. We block walk, we pull great, you know, we've done all sorts of political activism, but that's not where my heart is. I hate politics. I hate it with, with a passion, <laughs> but yet I'm doing that because I'm protecting my family. <gasps> Clue number one. Okay. So then I do media and I'm trying to get the word out there about freedom, liberty, and Jesus. <laughs> and I realize, oh, but I'm doing that for the family. I'm doing I'm clue number two. So I'm anyway, it boils down to all of these mountains that I have trade routes established is coming to my mountain of family. And I am functioning based on the desires of my heart to build and support family through these works that I do on these in these trade routes and open those up. But if you think about all these mountains, Mount Zion sits on top of them and it's actually in a different dimension. So our mountains, you know, if we can see those it's not like there's another mountain crushing the top of them we see our mountain as is but then the, in the third heaven Mount Zion is resting upon our mountains so when I open trade routes into heavenly places 
I am establishing the government and kingdom of Zion through my mouth. That's amazing. So could you unpack a little bit more about that for people who've never heard about trade routes? What does that look like? What is a trade route? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, if we think about it in the just 3D physical realm, a trade route between countries would be a road that businessmen and women travel on to exchange resources. Okay. Um, or, um, yeah, to exchange resources. I mean, it would just so, be that. Sure. But to ex- the same thing in the heavenlies. Yeah, to exchange resources. So we're going to back up a little bit because you had mentioned false Jesuses. We've mentioned trade trading floors, Luciferian trading floors. Yeah, Luciferian. So how have you seen the trades on bloodline? through covenants, oaths that were spoken in a Luciferian Illuminati cult? How have you seen them shown up in the physical, in their body, in health? Oh, wasn't expecting that question. Okay. Um, Lyme disease, multi-generations. Yeah. Um, And I, um, (laughs) my husband and I, we both, had Lyme disease. We are, we are in remission. Praise the Lord. Chelsea, I tell you, and I tell our listeners, the, the person that afforded me, um, physical modalities for healing, she was another naturopath. She said, Megan, had I not seen you when I saw you, you would have probably been in a wheelchair in the next six months, divine, massive healing. But here's the thing. There was a lot of connection to witchcraft there's a lot of connection to um, covenants that our ancestors had taken. And it's not just one person. It's, it's both. It's, it's the generations, mine beyond, my husband's beyond. It goes to our children. How does that type of curse come to fruition? Um, either pre-edemic trading that creates that um, bondage for the person, but that person has to covenant. Um, because we are having a human spirit experience, our human soul will go into covenant with an evil contract. Okay. And our generations after that are implicated. They will literally sell us off in order for them to feel empowered, to have this moment of glory or whatever. Okay. And it does affect our DNA. It does. Um, DNA affects um, not only, um, I know we, we see the double helix, but DNA can get a lot more complicated than just a two helix. There's, there's more going on in there. Our essence, which is what our DNA is basically born out of, is highly, um, probably more of a, um, a well-balanced perspective of DNA that we would call today, it's, it's more than just the double helix. Um, so our essence is being traded or tapped into or, or drained. We can be stuck on some massive grid, uh, like an Illuminati grid, like a fly stuck in a, in a spider web. Okay. And they're going to use us to drain off re- our resources to keep being powered. Well, what if we take that off? 
what if we get taken off that grid and we get freedom and we get on the grid of heaven, <laughs> you know, not, I don't really actually put somebody on a grid of heaven, but, but I literally give them the freedom and, and seal them with the work Jesus Christ is doing and their redemptive agenda. So um, the grids with these Luciferian thing is it's like, we're all stuck on there and they, they literally will put future generations on these grids. So there's a prayer for that. I love that. There's a prayer for that. Um, so let's talk about false light. Okay. With Jesus, who is light, he is the light of the world. False light, Lucifer, making covenants to Lucifer, being a part of organizations that covenant with Lucifer, whether you know it or not, right. it's still done. So can you tell us a little bit more about the level of deception that goes into moral superiority and ranking systems and um, pretty much just how people don't know that they're getting into some pretty yuck stuff. Okay. So the human ranking system, I, I was just working with a client that had been in a destructive cult and she was just kind of realizing something was off and she allowed me to be fully expressive with what that term means because cult gets thrown around way too easily and no accountability when someone uses that term but a destructive cult has certain terminology but what was happening with her church was um oh my goodness if you if you went to a website if you googled destructive cult and looked at all the steps, every one of them was what she was dealing with. It was crazy. But what I told her was um, they were new to the church and they were instantly put in leadership. Instantly. They hadn't really sewn into the church. They hadn't been tested for integrity. They hadn't been, or um, the merits weren't visible yet. And they were put in ministry. So the husband is still in bondage to this cult because he has a tremendous amount of identity wrapped in what he was given by being in covenant with a destructive cult. Okay, so when you're talking about um, identity and um, levels in society, was that how you expressed it? Yeah. Okay, so if we, we identify with our achievements, but we've covenanted with the enemy to get that. Um, circling back to the um, freedom based on the paradigm on earth as it is in heaven. We walk through this entire life daily, moment by moment, making contracts. Everything's a contract. Even a thought we have in our head is a contract. Okay, now this is, this is gonna be a little could be stressful, but when we rest in the grace of Jesus, we can, we can, we can do this. Okay. Um, everything's a contract. A thought in my head. I don't deserve that. That's a contract. I deserve that. Well, that's also a contract or I receive that in Jesus. That's a contract. What kind of contracts are we making? What do we contract with when we sign our name at the bottom of, the, of a contract? Okay. What contract are we making when we go to an event? I'm thinking of the um, Travis Scott concert 
those that attended made a contract and they put their lives on the line. Many of them didn't even realize they made a contract, but they made a contract by doing that. And if they weren't there as an agent, redemptive agent of Jesus Christ, they contracted with Satan in that con in that concert and they are all affected and traumatized or dead so they covenanted with whatever and they weren't even aware when we give praise to anything that is a contract so we need to be careful with who we contract with um what we do but if we walk in the in the plans the purposes and in the leading of the holy spirit we will make contracts more wisely I love that, especially with like the wisdom of God leading us um, into, into making those empowered decisions because we're not powerless. The body of believers is not powerless. And that's probably one of the biggest lies that has plagued identity so much is that I don't have the power to do, to fix, to, and here's the thing. The reality is you probably don't have the full power of the most high God, unless your will is in alignment with his, and then God can breathe through you to, um, to bring that to fruition. So, and if you don't know who Jesus is, we don't know who we are. Exactly. We, we contract with who we think we are when we don't know Jesus and we align and partner with that belief, or if we contract with who Jesus is, which is therefore our identity in him, very specific in him and because of him, then we are walking with his authority. Very different. That's where our freedom lies. So this will be the last question and then we're going to wrap up. We've talked about DNA. We've talked about identity. We've talked about healing. We've talked about spiritual realms. Let's talk about when Jesus healed the blind man and he scooped up earth and spit in it and put it on this blind man's eyes. This blind man still has like the label, the blind dude that Jesus healed. Everyone knows him by that label. Um, my question is, how do you bring this spiritual blindness healing into into this reality that we live in. Um, because to me, here's here, I'll unpack this for you. Cause there's a lot going on in my head right now. Yeah. We've got this blindness. We've got this man that Jesus is healing. He's blind. He does not see, he opens his eyes and he sees silhouettes of trees. It wasn't clear vision. So mud pack them again. <laughs> <laughs> we clean the biofield and there's like a physical healing, but this is a brilliant example of bioenergetic healing, spiritual healing, physical healing. Can you unpack that for us and kind of give our listeners a pretty good view as to what all is going on in that picture? Well, I mean, he came to Jesus for healing, came to Jesus. Coming to Jesus is the first step for that healing and deliverance. Um, the, the, what were you going to say? So with that, with the spirit portion, he came to Jesus first, then the act was done by the grace of God, because Jesus basically was facilitating ministry to him. 
that also affected his community in, in the entire realm. And so I think something that people are most afraid of in living with their identity in heaven is that they might feel displaced because they're living from a different perspective and people might not understand how to do that, especially in religious circles in religious areas. Um, what are your thoughts on how to really harness the relationship with Jesus before, um, before the fear of I'm going to lose my place, or I'm going to lose this control piece that I have of my false peace. How would you, how would you allow them the, or give them the information to engage better with the realm of Jesus? <laughs> well, I'm going to say this. Uh, it's worth repeating. If we don't know who Jesus is, we don't know who we are. We don't know why we're here. We don't know what our job is while we're here in this human skin suit experience. You might need to say it again for me because I might need to hear it again. <laughs> if we don't, if know, you don't who, know who Jesus is, we don't know who we are. We don't know why we're here. We don't know why we're here. We've got saints of God, sons and daughters of God, children of God who have thrones established before the foundations of the world that and I'm talking about thrones in Christ, in our assignments. Not, I'm not talking about being gods, you sure. know, and doing our own thing. That's a totally different religion. Okay, this is the throne, the authority of Christ. People are letting other people sit in their thrones instead of taking the responsibility, but they've got to know who they are in Christ first. They've got to know. They've got to know who Jesus is first. Get past the fake Jesuses. Get past. Lord, break through. Father, I ask that you break through their false Jesuses now in the name of the true King Jesus. And if it means the Lion of the tribe of Judah be present in their life until they know who the true Jesus is, then we ask for that to be established now. So if we don't know who Jesus is, we don't know who we are, we don't know why we came why we are here in this skin suit, this human experience, and that we, we can know through that correction of knowing who Jesus is, knowing who we are, we can know why we're here and what we are to do as ambassadors of the redemptive agenda of heaven to the creation. And that's essential. And the creation is supposed to partner with us. It's literally not just humans. It's all of creation. The rocks cry out when we don't, they, they praise the Lord. Creation also gets redeemed. God said it was very good. That is absolutely true. Chelsea, it has been a very, very weighty and good and awesome podcast. I really love hearing everything that you talk about. I could talk to you for hours just because a, you're my friend and B you have a well, a deep, deep well of just God's goodness flowing out of you. So blessings to you. If you want to connect, if anybody did want to connect with you, how would they find you? Um, chelseabarlow.com. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, then we will be talking, um, to you guys on the podcast on the next episode. You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazinga.